Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be His kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. God our Father, whose Son our Lord Jesus Christ in a wonderful sacrament has left us a memorial of His passion, grant us so to venerate the sacred mysteries of His body and blood that we may ever perceive within ourselves the fruit of His redemption who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you should keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but that man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
reading from 1 Corinthians. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. The word of the Lord. be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to the people, truly, truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed, disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, this morning we learn a very important lesson. We learn that contrary to popular belief, When it rains outside, Christians do not melt if they go outside. (laughs) It's good to see so many of you here this morning on a rainy day. Uh, Today is the feast or the solemnity of the Feast of the Holy Eucharist. Thursday was what is commonly called and most widely known as Corpus Christi. Uh, In the Anglican Church, Anglican Communion, we call it the Feast of the Holy Eucharist, the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament. And it's a day that celebrates the real presence, Jesus Christ truly present in the body and the blood. It's a day, or this is a a little string we've had recently of doctrinal feast. Last Sunday at our parish picnic, when we were outside enjoying the wonderful weather and all of that, we celebrated Trinity Sunday, the doctrine that tells us, that discloses to us, that explains the relationship of God to himself and to us. This Sunday, relationship, this Sunday celebrates Christ's presence with us in the Eucharist and the joy we celebrate its institution. The other major feast of the Holy Eucharist is Monday Thursday, and that's a bit more somber as we prepare for Christ's passion, as we also receive the other um, commandment to love one another. Today, or this week, we've been celebrating Corpus Christi the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And uh, though not in the South, uh, there are uh, in many places great festivals going on, great pomp and circumstance surrounding the festival of the Holy Eucharist. And I can remember uh, very clearly when I was in Chicago, we would do this on Thursday and on Sunday. We would have great outdoor processions where we would go uh, down Sheridan Avenue by the lake and and all through... uh, the Rogers Park neighborhood where the church was. I remember it so well because it was one of the times of most embarrassing or more embarrassing times um, in my life, is in my ministry. It was the first time I became very self-aware of what it is I'm doing. I became very self-aware of, of some of the uh, striking differences. So as we processed all 150 of us down the street in Rogers Park, I couldn't help but look at people's reaction because it wasn't like Sunday morning here. If you see someone during church hour on Sunday morning, they're usually running and hiding uh, as not to get caught. Most people on Sunday morning are in church or at home waiting until 1130 and it's safe to go out. Not so in Chicago. The world went on. The world goes on. There are people walking about everywhere. 
playing soccer, <laughs> driving cars, going about their business. And so as we made our way through Rogers Park, we were met with all kind of reactions. Most, a great majority of those reactions were either laughter, laughing at us because of what we were doing, thinking it was humorous. We were heckled, thinking what we were doing was stupid. We were mocked, pointed at. And as I was walking down the road, holding a cross, it was odd to be mocked at, to be laughed at, to be called stupid, unenlightened, all of those things. So the reactions there were very hostile. I have a dear friend of mine who's um, a priest in New York, and they get the same reactions there. Hostility, laughter, as we process our beliefs through the public square, we're laughed at. But there's often hostility between the world and the church, and it gets worse and worse, I believe. The world finds the church to be superstitious, full of superstition, fairy tales, fantasy. The world finds the church to be ignorant, unenlightened, having less idea and understanding of what is going on in the world, having less idea and understanding of the world itself. Or worse, that the church, that the Christian faith is a chain around your neck that holds you down. Sedative, opiate for the masses, it's been called. It is nothing more than a tool to keep people from rebelling. So there's often hostility between the world and the church. In this past week, I was fortunate enough to go and catch a movie. The movie only showed for a week in Hattiesburg, so it's gone now if you're interested. Uh, but it was a movie called For Greater Glory. Now, the movie told the story or the tale of the Cristero War that began in 1926 and ended in 1929 when President Elias Callas took over. He was an um, atheist dictator or president of Mexico uh, and one of his goals or aims, one of his big pushes was to secularize Mexico, to rid Mexico of any public faith, to rid Mexico of any footholds of faith such as education. So things he did was he uh, outlawed the public, uh, public services of Christianity outlawed expressions of Christianity. And there became an outcry. People protested uh, nonviolently. And after that, when he realized that did not work, he went into some of the churches, executed the priests at the altar, drugged them out into the middle of the square and hanged them. He murdered several congregations of people for worshiping after he said not to. And so the Cristero War began. Faithful Christians rose up against the government there. And to me, it was extremely moving movie. But critics, almost to a T, gave it horrid reviews, said it was boring, was not worth wasting your time to go see, that it was a terrible documentary that it was not worth the time or effort that was put into it. Now audiences, on the other hand, loved it. They found something much different there. So critics found it boring and pointless. 
fans found it inspiring. And that's the way it is with faith a lot of times. What most inspires us, what we find meaningful, inspiring, the world or critics find boring and pointless, useless, unenlightened. And that's where we are as we celebrate this feast of doctrine, that the body, the bread and wine are truly the body and blood. In a sacramental mystery, they are the body and blood of Christ. What we say is central to our lives, the world says pointless. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, in Sunday school, we went over that um, this morning. Um, it's very hard, hard teaching. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have not life in you. After Jesus tells us this, if we read on a little bit more, it says that many of his disciples left him after that day. I'll grant you it's a hard saying, a hard verse. But it is what we believe is true. It is what we believe to be objectively true. That in the Holy Eucharist, we are joined to Jesus Christ. In the Holy Eucharist, we are given life, life eternal. We are given the same stuff that we are given that feeds us eternally. We are given the same stuff that keeps us in glory forever. So in the Holy Eucharist, we are united, we are joined, we become one with Jesus Christ in the action of the Eucharist. And that's what we celebrate. Now we are joined, we say, in a more or a different and more powerful way than we are in any other way in our life. More so than prayer or meditation or acts of mercy. That is only here, gathered together what you came through the rain and risked melting for, to come here and partake in the Eucharist. You're joined to Christ in a way that you're joined to eternal life. That through the Eucharist you have life in you. That through the Eucharist, you know love, you know life, you know joy, you know peace, you know God. And that can be found nowhere else. You have all wisdom. That can be found nowhere else. So, if you do not have that life, then you mock it. You do not understand. Hence, critics. We claim to have a life here that can be found nowhere else to have a joy here that can be found nowhere else, to have a peace here that can be found nowhere else, to have a happiness here that can be found nowhere else in no other thing. And many people throughout time and history have given their very lives for that cause, have risked their very lives for the cause of the liturgy, to be able to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, to be united to Jesus Christ in it. Many priests, as I've said, like in the Cristeros War and in other places, have died rather than run away and abandon their altar. Faithful have come here and been shot rather than abandon their parishes. They have come knowing it meant their lives. They have come also knowing that they would receive life, that here was the truth. In prison camps, you hear, read stories all the time, like the Gulag Archipelago or other 
other books and stories of, of priests and faithful in prison camps that would risk everything just to celebrate the Eucharist on Christmas morning, just to celebrate the Eucharist on Easter, hundreds of times shot, just to celebrate the Eucharist, to proclaim faith. In Soviet Russia, the church had to hide underground for decades, and they did so. Many priests died, others went underground, and the faith was kept alive in the gutters and alleyways, in the basements, and in the woods. People gave all because they knew that all was given here. The author of the Gulag Archipelago, the book I mentioned, Alexander Solonitsyn, uh, says something very interesting or something I've, that struck me. He says, what the Soviet death camps could not do, Western secularism is doing more effectively. So here's a man who witnessed the attempt to kill, to crush faith in the, in the Soviet death camps, to attempt to crush hope altogether. And he says that secularism is doing a more effective job than the Soviet death camps were. Now secularism says that the individual is the highest authority. What I believe, what I feel, what I find to be true is the highest authority. There is no objective truth, secularism says. It's, there's a plurality of truths. That what is true for me might not be true for you. What is true for you might not be true for me. Cultural relativism. What is true in this culture is not true in another. What is true in that culture might not be true here. Most of all, is rejection of the Christian church is unenlightened of the Christian church having nothing worthwhile to offer to the world. It's philosophies, it's morals, it's faith. has nothing to offer but a millstone around the neck of someone in the real world. So this attack on the faith is rejecting the faith as any relevant at all is more dangerous than the Soviet death camps. And here's some person who lived through that who gave his life, risked his life to practice his faith. So in this world we live in, we're not, don't have death camps. Priests and faithful are not shot for gathering. The worst we have to do is get wet some mornings. But we must ask the question on this day that we rejoice in Christ's presence here, the day that we rejoice that we are united to God through Christ in the Holy Eucharist, we rejoice that we are given life and love and happiness and peace that the world cannot take away here. What is it worth? How are you fed? So many people have died to defend Eucharistic practice, liturgical faith, because they knew that this is where true life was had. Not out there, here. How important is that to you? How important is your life in church to you? There are many things that vie for our loyalty, whether it be cartoons on Sunday morning, sports, recreational activities, shopping, a lot of things demand our time, ask for our time. But how loyal are you to the place and to the faith that gives you life and joy and happiness? Or do you take it for granted? 
Many people now say the church is archaic and unenlightened. Do you find truth within these walls and within our liturgies and within our prayers or somewhere else? This faith, this day, this celebration says that there is only one place that life is to be had and life eternal, and that is here. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have not life in you. This is where we gather together. This is where we find love, find life, find happiness, find joy, find forgiveness, find life. What does it mean to you? What is it worth to you? Where is your priorities? What makes the world make sense? I'll leave you with a quote from my favorite author, Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, he was a man of deep faith, and a man of deep faith in what we celebrate today. I'll leave you with this quote. Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the blessed sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves upon earth. And more than that, death. By that divine paradox, that which ends life and demands the surrender of all, and yet by the taste of which alone can what you seek in your earthly relationships be maintained or take on the complexion of reality, of eternal endurance that every man's heart desires. He says, out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the blessed sacrament. Brothers and sisters, what does your faith mean to you? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Standing, let's affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church.
Kneeling, let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor in one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We can commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Elizabeth Hancock, Sarah Harrison, Ishi, Kim Johnson, Jennifer Malone, and Jody Tucker. And for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Nick Scarra, Bill Devers, Ed Chisholm, Shelby Gatewood, Tyler Gatewood, Mark Herring, Andrew Howard, Elizabeth Kent, Hayward Reed, and Billy Wilson. Also, for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Byron and Jennifer Myrick and Earl and Peggy Snyder. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Mike Walker, Kay Anderson, Connie Baxter, D.T. Beard, Laura Bechtel, Elliot Biggert, Kevin Boyette, Beth Boykin, James Ray Bush, Karen Cannon, Lucas Seraldo, Mary Craft, Don Daly, Mike Derman, Bill Devers, Sean Eubanks, Bonnie Garner, Vicki Glenn, Abby Hedrick, Bill Herson, James Patrick Hinton, Leroy Jensen, Lee Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Alvin McLean, Jean Miller, Castile Moffat, Austin Morgan, Herbert Parsley, Harry Perdue, Carol Provost, Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Carol Sajay, Diane Scott, Laverne Scott, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stancil, Joan Todd, Joyce Thames, Martha Jane Tyler, Mary Wade, Shirley Waldrop, Dan Walters, and Donna Wheeler for all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, 
especially John Asbell, Louisa Balzard, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buthler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jarmilla, Walton Lucky, Billy Lutz, Calvin Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Benson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and White Welch. Grant, O Lord, that we who shall receive the blessed sacrament of the body and blood of Christ may come to that holy mystery with faith, charity, and true repentance, that being filled with your grace and heavenly benediction, we may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion to our great and endless comfort through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. And welcome to St. John's this morning on this rainy, uh, rainy summer morning. It's good to have, have you all with us. Uh, please know that uh, Vacation Bible School is, is very soon upon us, uh, and we need your help still. Uh, Miss Miranda McLaughlin has been doing a tremendous amount of work preparing us for that. Uh, we still need uh, some items, and they're on the back page of your, of your bulletin. Uh, and also, if you're free that week, we need uh, volunteer help. So if you have not volunteered and wish to, this is the time to do it. Uh, also, this Thursday night, our men's group, or our, we have our uh, infamous or famous men's night out. Uh, so we'll, we'll meet Thursday night uh, for stakes. And so if you want to sign up, I think today's the last day-ish. Sign up. If you're here, why not sign up? Uh, so that's on the, on the uh, sign up in the sacristy hallway. So, so uh, all the men of the parish and guests are invited, uh, so, so please make use of that. Um, and I think that is all that is, that is really pressing this week. Uh, 
So I'd like to invite all, all the visitors to, to uh, fill out a card in the pew rack if you'd like us to know more about you or would like a visit from the priest or would like to sign up for our, our, our communications. Um, everyone, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor, do his name, bring offerings, and come into his courts.
All things come of Thee, O Lord, and of Thine own have we given Thee. Holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for His many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks, especially this day, for the gift of the Holy Eucharist that contains within it life, union with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We offer special intentions for all those Christians who the proclamation and practice of their faith may cost them their lives. We offer special intentions for the poor and the homeless to stay. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. The night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to His command, O Father, we remember His death, we proclaim His resurrection, we await His coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to You, O Lord of all, presenting to You from Your creation this bread and this wine. We pray You, gracious God, to send Your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and His blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son and his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God,